Section 10 of A Young Girl's Diary by Anonymous, translated by Cedar Paul and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. November through December, the second year. November 15th. It's a holiday today, so at last I can write once more. We have such a frightful lot to do that I simply can't manage to write. Besides, Mother is often ill. She has been laid up again for the last four days. It's awfully dull and dreary. Of course, I had time to write those days, but then I didn't want to write. As soon as Mother is well again, she's going to the Liz to ask how we are getting on. I'm awfully glad because of S.G. November 28th. Mother came to school today and saw him, too. I took her to him, and he was heavenly. He said, I am very pleased with your daughter. She's very keen and clever. Then he turned over the pages of his notebook as if to look at his notes. But really, he knows by heart how we all work. That is not all, of course. That would be impossible with so many girls, and he teaches in the science school as well, where there are even more boys than we are. December 5th. Skating today I saw the gold fairy. She is awfully pretty, but I don't really think her so lovely as I did last year. Hella says she never could think what had happened to my eyes. You were madly in love with her, and you never noticed that she has a typical bohemian nose, said Hella. Of course that's not true, but now my taste is quite different. Still, I said, how do you do to her, and she was very nice. When she speaks, she is really charming, and I do love her gold stoppings. Frau Dr. M. has two, too, and when she laughs, it is heavenly. December 8th. I do wish Dora would keep her silly jokes to herself. When the Trobishes were all here today, they were talking about the school, and she said, Gretel has a fresh enthusiasm each year. Last year is Frau Dr. Malberg, and this year it's Professor Wilka. Frau Dr. Malberg has fallen from grace now. If I had wanted to, I could have begun about the two students on the ice. But I'm not like that, so I merely looked at her with contempt and gave her a kick under the table. And she had the cheek to say, What's the matter? Oh, of course, these tender secrets of the heart must not be disclosed. Never mind, Gretel. It doesn't matter at your age, for things don't cut deep. But she was rightly paid out. Frau von Trur and father roared with laughter, and Frau von Tur said, Why, Grandmother, have you been looking at your white hair in the glass? Oh, how I did laugh! And she was so frightfully put out that she blushed like fire, and in the evening she said to me that I was an ill-mannered pig. That's why I did not tell her that she'd left her composition book on the table, and tomorrow she has to give it in. It's all the same to me, for I'm an ill-mannered pig. December ninth. It's awful. At two o'clock this afternoon, Hella was taken to the low sanatorium and was operated on at once. Appendicitis. Her mother has just telephoned that the operation has been successful. But the doctor said that two hours later it would have been too late. My knees are trembling and my hand shakes as I write. She has not slept off the anesthetic yet. December 10th. Hella is frightfully weak. No one can see her except her father and mother, not even Lizzie. On St. Nicholas Day we had such a jolly time and ate such a lot of sweets that we almost made ourselves sick but it is impossible that she got appendicitis from that. On Monday evening, when we were going home after the gym lesson, she said she did not feel at all well. The night before last, she had a rigor, and the first thing in the morning, the doctor said she must go to hospital at once for an operation. December 11th. All of the girls at school are frightfully excited about Hella, and Frau Dr. St. was awfully nice and put off mathematics till next Tuesday. On Sunday, I am going to see Hella. She does want to see me so, and so do I want to see her. December 12th. She's still very weak and doesn't care about anything. I got her mother to take some roses and violets from me. She did like them so much. December 14th. This afternoon I was with Hella from two until a quarter to four. 
She is so pale, and when I came in we both cried such a lot. I brought her some more flowers, and I told her directly that when he sees me, Prof. W. always asks after her. So do the other members of the staff, especially Frau Dr. M. The girls want to visit her, but her mother won't let them. When anyone is lying in bed, they look quite different, like strangers. I said so to Hella, and she said, We can never be strangers to one another, not even in death. Then I burst out crying again, and both our mothers said I must go anyway, because it was too exciting for Hella. December 15th. I was with Hella again today. She passed me a little note asking me to get from her locker the parcel with the blotting book for her father and the key basket for her mother and bring it to her because the things are not ready yet for Christmas. December 16th. Hella's better today. I've got to paint the blotting book for her father. Thank goodness I can. She'll be able to finish the key basket herself. That's nothing. December 18th. The Bruckners are all frightfully unhappy, for it won't be a real Christmas if Hella has to stay in hospital over Christmas. But perhaps she will, for since yesterday she has not been so well. The doctors can't make out why she suddenly had a fever once more. For she didn't let on that I had brought her some burnt almonds because she's so awfully fond of them. But now I'm so terribly frightened that she'll have to have another operation. December 19th. Directly after school I went to see Hella again, for I had been so anxious I could not sleep all night. Thank goodness she's better. One of the doctors said that if she'd been in a private house, he would have felt for sure it was an error in diet, but since she was in a hospital, that could be excluded. So it was for the burnt almonds and the two sticks of marzipan. Hella thinks it was the marzipan, for they were large ones, at twenty hellers each because nuts lie heavy on the stomach. She had a pain already while I was still there, but she wouldn't say anything about it because it was her fault that I'd brought her the sweets. She can beg as much as she likes now. I shan't bring her anything but flowers, and they can't make her ill. Of course, it would be different if it were true about the vengeance of flowers. But that's all nonsense, and besides, I didn't bring any strong-scented flowers. December 20th. I am so glad tomorrow or Tuesday Hella can come home in time for the Christmas tree. Now I know what to give her, a long chair. Father will let me, for I have not enough money myself, but Father will give me as much as I want. Oh, there's no one like Father. Tomorrow he's going to take me to the Warringerstrasse to buy one. December 21st. I was only a very short time with Hella today because Father came to fetch me soon. At first she was a little hurt, but then she saw we had important business, so she said, All right, as long as it is not anything made of marzipan. That nearly gave us both away. For when we were in the street, Father asked me, Why did Hella say that about marzipan? So I said quickly, Since she's been ill, she has had a perfect loathing for sweets. Thank goodness Father didn't notice anything. But I do hate having to tell fibs to father. First of all, I always feel that he'll see through it, and secondly, anyhow, I don't like telling fibs to him. The couch is lovely, a Turkish pattern with long tassels on the round bolster. Father wanted to pay for it altogether, but I said no, then it would not be my present, so I paid five crowns and father thirty-seven. Tomorrow early it will be sent to the Bruckners. December 22nd. Hella is going home tomorrow. She has already been up a little, but she is still so weak that she has to lean on someone when she walks. She is awfully glad she is going home, for she says in a hospital one always feels as if one was going to die. She's quite right. The first time I went to see her, I nearly burst out crying on the stairs, and afterwards we both really did cry frightfully. Her mother knows about the couch, but it has not been sent yet. I do hope they won't forget about it at the shop. December 23rd. Hella went home today. Her father carried her upstairs while I held her hand. The two tenants in the mezzanine came out to congratulate her, and the old privy councillor on the second story and his wife sent down a great pot of lilac. She was so tired that I came away at five o'clock so that she could rest. Tomorrow I'm going to their Christmas tree first, and then to ours. Because of Hella, 
the burrs are going to have the present giving at five o'clock we shall have ours as usual at seven december twenty sixth yesterday and the day before i simply could not write a word it was lovely here and at hella's i shan't write down all the things i got because i've no time and besides i know anyhow hella was awfully pleased with the couch her father carried her into the room and laid her on the sofa her mother cried it was touching it's certainly awfully nice to have got through a bad illness when everyone takes care of one and when no one denies you the first place i don't grudge it to hella she's such a darling yesterday i was there all day and after dinner when she had to go to sleep she said open the drawer of my writing table the lowest one on the right and you'll find my diary there if you want to read it i shall never forget it it's true that we agreed we would let one another read our diaries but we've never done it yet after all we're a little shy of one another and besides after a long time one can't remember exactly what one has written what she writes is always quite short never more than half a page but what she writes is always important of course she couldn't sleep but instead i had to read her a lot of things out of her diary especially the holidays when she was in hungary she was made much of there by two cadets and her two cousins we laughed so madly over some things that it hurt hella's wound and i had to stop reading december twenty ninth we were put in such a frightful rage yesterday this is how it happened it is a long time since we both gave up playing with dolls and things of that sort but when i was rummaging in hella's box i came across the dolls things they were quite at the bottom where hella never looked at them i took out the little paris model and she said give it here and bring all the things that belong to it i arranged them all on her bed and we were trying all sorts of things then mother and dora came when they came in dora gave such a spiteful look and said ah at their favorite occupation look lizzie their cheeks are quite red with excitement over their play wasn't it impertinent we playing with dolls even if we had been what business was it of hers to make fun of us hella was in a frightful rage and today she said one is never safe from spies please put all those things away in the box so that i shan't see them any more it really is too stupid that one should always be reproached about dolls as if it was something disgraceful after all one doesn't really understand until later how all the things are made when one is seven or eight still more when one is quite a little girl and one first gets dolls one does not understand whether they are pretty and nicely dressed or not still today we've done with dolls forever a good day to turn over a new leaf for the day after tomorrow is new year's day but what annoys me most of all was this piece of cheek of dora's she says that lizzie said we used to delight in those things at one time but i was in such a rage that i did not hear it but to eat all the best things off the christmas tree on the sly i saw it myself that is nothing that's quite fit and proper for a girl of fifteen after supper yesterday i asked but what's become of the second marzipan sandwich i'm sure there were two on the tree and i looked at her steadily till she got quite red and after a time i said the big basket of vegetables is gone too then she said yes i took it i don't need to ask your permission as for the sandwich oswald took that i was in such a temper and then father said come come you little witch cool your wrath with the second sandwich and wash it down with a sip of liqueur for grandfather sent father a bottle of liqueur december thirtieth this is a fine ending to the year i've no interest in the school any longer we're silly little fools love sick and forward minxes that's all the thanks we get for having gone every tuesday and friday to the school at half-past eight to arrange everything and dust everything and then he can say a thing like that I shall never write he with a big h again he is not worthy of it and i had to swallow it all choke it down for i simply must not excite hella it made me frightfully angry when mother told me but still i'm glad for i know what line to take now 
Mother was paying a call yesterday, and the sister of our gymnastic master, who was at the high school, happened to be there, and she told Mother that her cousin, Dr. W., is so much annoyed because the girls in the high school are so forward. Such silly little fools, and the little minxes begin it already in the first class. For that reason he prefers to teach boys. They are fond of him, too, but they don't make themselves such an infernal nuisance. Well, now that I know, I shan't make myself a nuisance to him any more. On Friday, when the next lesson is, I shall go there two minutes before nine and take the things into the classroom without saying a word. And I shall tell Kalinsky, too, that we're such infernal nuisance to him. Just fancy, as if we were in the first class. End of section 10